0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Cardano. Today, this is not a specific interview, but we're having like a mixed group sitting here. It's Ashish from Flag Finance, Moon Wallet, and what not else you may know it from. When we have Alex Monat, you already know him from a previous video, of course, and from, from Gucci, this latest project. And today we are digging into some diverse topics, so it will be a very interesting episode.
1: Yeah. And especially, no need to introduce Alex. Alex is well-known in the Cardano community. <laughs> there is no yeah. way the people are going to. <laughs> okay. So today we are here to talk about India and Cardano and what Flack Finance is building. So both of you guys are here because both of you have extensive experience in India. First of all, Alex had a really extensive experience in traditional development and all other fields in India. And he lived in India for a while. He knows the place and he knows the opportunities there. And uh, Ashish is from India. He is a well-known builder in, in Cardano ecosystem too. He has built a Typhoon wallet, Cardano scan, and now he's building Flag Finance. So let's start with the conversation. Maybe we can start with Alex and his experience in India. Maybe... People don't know about it. Alex was in India for years. And if I'm okay to say it, Alex's wife is also from India. So he matches.
2: I, I fought with a bong woman for a long time. <laughs> for many years now. Yeah. So tell us about your
1: experience in India. And uh... Sh-
2: Sure. I, I, was, I went to undergrad in Japan and I was a vegetarian. So everything in Japan has fish in it. And so I would spend all my money as a poor student eating Indian food, right? Because no one knows how to do vegetarian food like Indians. And then, so I had always been interested in Indian culture. And then I got the opportunity when I, after grad school, one of the people that I was, had interviewed, he gave me a job offer. It kind of fell through, but then I went back to him to try to hire him for the company that I was working for. And he had just had the good fortune of being the professor of one of the Gudrej family's new generation. And so he was becoming the chief design officer of Gudrej in India and in Mumbai. They were opening up this innovation and design center which was meant to be like a kind of revolutionary new way of, you know, using design thinking and other kind of stuff to, to modernize Godrej, which is like a 120 year old company or something like that. They made the safe boxes for the first Indian election and very, very old company, but they were kind of, kind of blown away by what do you call it? The like liberalization of the Indian marketplace. But during that time, yeah, I spent three years from 2016, 2019 so I got to live through demonetization geo was a thing when I went to India like my phone bill went from like 1200 rupees a month which is what like 15 to 20 euros to like five euros a month for like how much data It was like five GB of data for five people have this really bad understanding that India is like not developed or something like that of course it's it's patchy and it's it varies but um like I got the best and highest quality, cheapest cell phone service of any country I've lived in, Japan, India, Portugal, U.S. was in India, right? And so it's a, just a small anecdote maybe that my kind of goal in Cardano, one of the things is I want to add attention, not shift away from Africa, but add attention to India because I think there's a lot of advantages to developing solutions in India and not just focusing on Africa.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you made the point, like people over, I think a lot of the people in the Cardano community uh, talk about India, like especially these three founding entities of Cardano has definitely some misconceptions in a, a sense that, okay, maybe there is not a lot of people who knows the, you know, pulse on the ground in India. And that's why especially builders like Ashish who Lives in India, builds in India, you know, has a team in India building multiple product, successful products on Cardano. Like Cardano Scan is one of the most widely used platforms in the Cardano ecosystem and it's built by an Indian company. So maybe Ashish, tell us a bit about the situation in India and why you are building in Cardano and uh, you, are, you are here since 2017. So tell us your story.
3: Hey, hi people. My name is Ashish. I'm the founder, co-founder of Striker, the company building Cardano Scan, Typhoon Wallet and Flag Finance. And I've joined Cardano Ecosystem from 2017, just after I'm out of my graduation in computer science. And I mean, we we were just following the ecosystem. We loved the the technology foundation of Cardano. And when the time came during the Shelley release, we actually started building this Explorer because we were finding out like, you know, there's a good opportunity to build a good Explorer for, for Cardano. And it was loved by the community. So we just continued working, improvising it. And then we built a wallet for the ecosystem. And now we are building Flag Finance, which is uh, a real FI project to onboard the next people onto crypto industry, specifically in India. So yeah, that's that's about me. Yeah. So tell us about the,
1: the you know, so we talk about India, like, you know, as Alex said, there are couple of things that can uh, that makes India like a low hanging fruit in different sectors as far as the development of Cardano or the user base of Cardano is concerned. What are the opportunities in India? What makes you think that I, India could the- be a like, growth driver?
2: The can give. When I moved to India, I was earning like a crore a year, like a $100,000 or something like that. I moved there and my colleague, Indian guy, very smart, he sat down, we were eating lunch and he asked me, you know, like, how much are you earning? And he was shocked because he was earning something like 20 lakhs or 30 lakhs a year. It's like 20,000, 30,000 euros a month, a year. And, you know, he said, aha, but you guys don't save for the next generation. And he was right. At the time, you know, I was mostly living paycheck to paycheck. Of course, I living in India, I could save a lot more of my income now, whereas in the States, you know, a hundred thousand is a good salary, but it's easy to, you know, daycare and and blow through all your expenses. But what was amazing to me and what I think a huge opportunity is, is why I'm talking about this is he had saved up like 50 to 60 lakhs over, you know, 10 years or so of working on a much smaller salary than I had. Right. And there's this implicit kind of cultural bias towards saving and to seeking inflation hedges in the you know indian culture like when i moved there i i thought you know why do indians like gold this is so stupid it's so simple right but then i realized when i when i, when I was looking i didn't but i was thinking about buying a house you know my bank account in india paid me 7% interest on my mm-hmm. deposits when i went to get a mortgage they were charging me 9% interest on the mortgage right so i could afford a lot less house paying a a 9% on the EMI as it's called in India. Right. And what I realized then is like, Oh, say inflation is X. Savings rate is paid X minus 2%. Mortgage is X plus 2%. And this changes wherever you are in the world. Like it doesn't really matter. And so what, what, what I think is that the Indian people are natural savers. It's ingrained in their culture to save for their posterity and also they're very skeptical of the government and like trying to take their money. And so that's why a little bit, I say that, you know, it doesn't really matter what the Indian government thinks in terms of regulation or licensure, because there is an entire kind of market of what we call like the black economy in India, right? Yeah. Of under mm-hmm. the table, wealth preservation and you know, hawala. Huala is like a, a beautiful like precursor to Bitcoin, I think, right? Like all these systems that are kind of existing, I think there's a natural fit. And the the last thing I'll say is the size of the market. You know, like the biggest thing I have a problem with looking at Africa is doing business in any developing economy, there's a, a amount of friction to getting approval from the local regulators and bureaucrats And I I just don't see how that scales horizontally Mm -hmm. on the African continent. Like if you get in with Ethiopia, you have to start from zero when you go to Mm. the next state over. And then again, and then it's not like the EU, where there's like a single market and you can, you know, you can develop for one thing and it's done. Whereas in in India, right, it's like a billion plus people under one policy regime. So even Mm. if the Indian government is anti-crypto, I would argue, you know, any investment made into lobbying in that market is such a higher return on investment in terms of getting access to a market. And so I think cultural attitude towards saving, government skepticism, kind of like keep your hands out of my pocket kind of attitude of most Indian people that I know. And third is like just the size of the market is amazing, right? For, I don't think... In this century, there will be a company that succeeds that doesn't address the Indian market. You know, like you can't.
1: Yeah, I I, I think it's, it is. So we all talk about this. We had a conversation with Ashish also, like we see this democratization trend, basic clean the, like, if you look at the human civilization, there's this trend of democratization of power from many, like a few people to many in form of decentralized, like a democracy. Like it's like a democratization of political power, basically. And then you see through internet, there's this democratization of power over information, but this trend is not complete without the democratization of financial opportunities, especially in in these countries where there are a lot of people who are trying to make a better life. And if some technology can provide them that opportunity then i mean th- that is uh, and th- there's always a business case behind except for democracy i don't know if there's <laughs> but if you look at youtube youtube provides the same you know it provides the information and you can actually learn you can actually complete a whole you know like your you know a semester like you can complete a whole degree or something like that in there and the whole business case is that youtube makes money from it and the same thing with the dapps built on a blockchain if it can provide a real Value for these people, then that itself is the driver of this democratization trend, as well as you know, building a successful business on it. So, as Ashish is the builder, maybe Ashish can talk a bit about you know India and uh, what's the situation on the ground and what do you think about Cardano's activity in India right now.
3: Yep, I just had some issues with the with the system, but I'm back. So saying so. <laughs> Yep. So, so the, actually, you know, the India, as, as Alex said, I mean, the, the population is now is like the majority is like millennials and people are, you know, day hustling for a better life for achieving, you know, greater goals. And the population is huge in terms of developers and developer community is very big. So, and a lot of these developers are not, not born Web3 developers, as I said previously, you know, it's, we are like Web2 developers, even myself, I started, you know, writing web apps. And when I, when I saw all this coin and Ethereum coming out and as I just wanted to explore, you know, what this new technology is about, and then you start exploring and then you start, you know, building on them out of curiosity. And then it suddenly just becomes like, you know, you start become more and more interested. So... Inherently, because there are more developers, India is actually one of the largest countries with, you know, the most number of Web3 developers as well. And all of these developers are naturally, you know, driven towards, you know, what what they find on the Internet, what they find throughout their real life interactions with, with people, you know. And so usually they just, they, it's easier for them to get into Ethereum developer or Solana development because you know, there's lots of events happening and there are companies who are going to colleges to you know, give like, you know, sessions and sm- small courses to people how to code, how to build like dApps on Ethereum, how to build dApps on Solana. And so there's a huge community of developers who, which are naturally building in Web3 ecosystem, but just on this different chains. Whereas we could also onboard these developers to build on Cardano as well, given an, an opportunity uh, for them to explore. So, uh, so as, as Suraj said, you know, there's Go, which is actually doing lots of academic courses in India, and they could maybe just drive more towards getting more and more people, more students into exploring this ecosystem. There was one, one time after after my graduation, I how I actually got, you know, introduced to Ethereum was this event in India, in Bangalore. I, and there are like so many dApps and all this, uh, Git, w- what was it? You know, you like uh, do some stuff, Git or something, Git coin or something where you can actually, you know, work on this open source.
0: I remember the session at the summit we have, I'm not sure. Um, we have joined that's right. remember. And there yep. was this discussion with this professor from the university. I don't uh, remember. He was in, uh, well, uh, Switzerland. Uh, in
1: Switzerland. Yeah. Was
0: it? S- S- yeah. And they were like exactly doing that. They had courses, but not like theoretical courses. But they were using on a test net. They were setting up like all the tech, and the students could just use and work on those nets, develop something.
2: Right. But uh, yeah. what what, I, what what I was trying to say is like when you're in Indi- India, I definitely felt in the workplace when you lose so many of the top people to over you know a lot of the the hardest working and smartest indians want to work in europe or the usa it does affect like the talent pool in the local market i always thought that oh the top 1% go abroad and then the other 99% are are here it's not a big deal right the next 1% can just take over but what what i didn't realize is that in a lot of industries like the top 1% make a really outsized impact in their domain right? Like you have your Elons, you have like, you know, and like the guy who's like second behind Elon is like so far away that it's, it's really, really costly. But why this is potentially good for us and and trying to get involved in India is all those people are still in India when they are in school. Well, not all of them, but a, a sizable, a good chunk of the people leave after college, right? And so if we're, if you're trying to get access to the smartest hardest working software developers you know in the next five years newsflash there a lot of them are in india right now a lot of them are more easily impressed by the levels of cash that you might have available at the current you know market system before they get their google offer before they get their yep. you know they call them fresher packages i think <laughs> in india it's like what's the job offer you get right out of college right mm-hmm. and and there's there's just such a talent pool available in the local colleges that I think it'd make sense to set up some relationships with some labs for for the more academic things that Cardano is doing.
0: Okay, so since we talked like about Cardano and the status quo in India But maybe it's very interesting, Ashish, how you stepped into the Cardano ecosystem, because we discussed previously, there are so many other ecosystems, much more like prominent and the development languages are way easier or more with. So how was your, what was your entry point to Cardano? What was your journey into this ecosystem?
3: Yeah, thanks, Laura. So... It's uh, my journey into Cardano ecosystem was actually from the investment point of per, in, investment perspective when I started, because, so I, I actually started with Cardano in late 2017. I mean, just a bit, a bit after it was launched and there was nothing much in Cardano. It was just, people were saying it's just a wallet. And to be frank, it was like, you know, it was just like Daedalus and then you could, you could just buy AI and keep it in Daedalus and send it to people and that's, that's it. And, but... Even, even that, even that transaction that I did once was so, so fast. It was super fast. And I was like, oh man, what we are doing with ETH and Bitcoin. I mean, it's taking ages to get confirmed. And I was like, you know, doing a bit from Binance to Daedalus and it just like happened in a snap. I was like, oh man, what is this? I mean, it's, it's some sort of a magic. And I mean, so, yeah, so I just explored a bit more. And that point of time, IOHK had like pretty good, you know, roadmap. Of all the, of the new features and how the Cardano's development was going to be, with all, all of you know quantum-resistant signatures and whatnot. I mean the the different eras. I mean it was a pretty good site. So I read through the roadmap and the white paper and I was like, this you know sounds legit. I mean the foundation sounds strong. So I just stayed with with Cardano. I was following up with the development and then time comes with the incentivized Shelley testnet. So. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it's like started with the investment perspective, but, and then, I mean, it was just, it was just getting more attached to the ecosystem, the community. I mean, the community, the Cardano community is honestly, is like one of its kind. I mean, you would, we would never find this kind of, you know, people in, in, in any community in anywhere. So So, yeah, I mean, and then Shelly comes around, Shelly's just on the edge, the incentivized testnet is going on. And, then I, we find like, oh man, there's so many things, you know, the stake pools and the staking and delegations and whatnot. And, and then I was like, you know, we should create one, one explorer that would, you know, show all this information in a very user-friendly way. It should be, you know, easily readable. So then we started building Cardano scan and. We took the challenge to actually build the Explorer from ground zero. It was because as we're like all developers and I had my friends with me and then I was like, you know, we should do this. It would be like a, a good, great learning experience. So instead of using any tools like DB sync, instead of using those, why don't, why don't we just create something of our own that we could fetch the you know block information directly from the chain? So we built our own network library that in JavaScript, which actually talks Ouroboros a chain sync protocol with Cardano node directly. So we get like blocks and then we passed the blocks, we put it in our database, and then we created this, then we created the katano scan explorer. So so that's 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 how we started. And naturally, I mean I was like, you know, we have this, we have this good backend. It's it's proven, it's you know like by people, it's scalable. We are serving like millions of page views every month on Cardano scan mm-hmm. and without any downtime so far. So I was like, you know, let's extend it and then and, and then that time also we had like euroi wallet. And luckily, I mean, there was this, there was this, you know, fragrance in the community that you know, you know, we need a wallet. So naturally, we started building a wallet. Eternal people started building a wallet, and and then it just came all at, at the same time. So Nami launched, Eternal launched, and our wallet was like already developed at some level, and then Typhoon Wallet launched. So yeah, that's that's how it started. But yeah, I mean, to answer, I mean. It's. I would definitely encourage developers to check out Cardano because I mean the technology is pretty solid, man. You, you can't lie about it. Once you go deep, when see, I I can only right now if I if I have to speak, I can speak in terms of the core of the network because we have seen it you now from the inside. As I said, we built Cardano Scan Explorer with a custom backend system, and that required us to read through all this, how this, you know, the consensus works. So we know the in and between of, of the, you know, this, uh, specifications and how they are designed and the more and more you read and more and more we understood, I'm like, you know, this is like, you know, so much planned. So when native assets came in, I was like, wow, this was expected because, you know, it's just like a natural extension to the existing, you know, how the UTXO works. So yeah, def- definitely. So both of you are builders for Cardano and even
1: the tech is amazing, but building on Cardano till this moment was not easy. Like both of you have experience with that. So how is it like building on Cardano? So maybe Alex, you can tell us how, how was that experience from where you started and now, and where's this going with all these tools coming online, like developer
2: tooling. It's really funny. I kind of just realized listening to she's talk, I Kind of started my cardinal journey also in India in 2017. I had been in Bitcoin around 2013 or so. I had left crypto when I started my job and, and needed to pay attention and I couldn't like watch the markets and focus on my job at the same time. But I, was, I remember I was in this little bar called Sunny, which I think a lot of the IIT students go to. And we were drinking Old Monk and arguing about blockchains. We were arguing a lot of the, a few of the guys were like crypto skeptics, Crypto, You know, and they were talking about hacks and we were having this conversation and I was trying to convince everyone that we all needed to learn Haskell so that, you know, we could put an end to this and we could we could make a purely functional blockchain. And I, I didn't know about Cardano at the time. Right. But but I was trying to convince these guys to to all learn Haskell and and to develop a blockchain together. And unfortunately, I lost. And then a, a few years later, I think in 2018, 2019, I started to see Cardano pop up in the Haskell subreddit. And at first I was sad because like, oh, somebody beat us, you know, like there's there's already a purely functional blockchain. But then I realized, oh, after I started to do more research that, oh, these guys are doing a much better job than what we could have done. And so it's to answer your question, it's funny because I'm a NixOS user. I like Haskell, but at the same time, there's a lot of deficiencies in actually building smart contract, smart transaction, using stuff on Cardano. And so it is, it is improving a lot. And what's really interesting to me is that so much of the stuff is like community led, right? Like Aiken from Lucas and RVT, all these guys, right. And Alessandro lucid mesh, all this stuff is happening. It's really great to see, you know, it's, it's something that I, I sometimes criticize Cardano for like jumping to standards too quickly with the CIP process. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think. Part of the exciting thing and why I believe India is becoming such a dynamic economy is, is because of competition, because, you know, I was sitting before I, I worked at the I wondered like, how do startups beat big companies like. The big companies have all the money, they have all the talent. Like, how does a small company beat, how does a startup beat this larger entity? And after I worked there, I was like, how come every startup doesn't beat a large company? Because large companies are so slow, so inefficient. And what, why am I talking about that is, of course, we have IOG, we have the Cardano Foundation, we have Emergo, which, by the way, has a large presence in India with the Emergo Academy. So that's kind of interesting. But I think what, what, you know, is starting to happen on Cardano is a lot of smaller dev shops are starting to see some of the deficiencies in the way things have been set up. I would say the formal basis is strong, but what the, the word that I keep hearing over and over is like developer experience is suboptimal, right? Like it's foundationally sound, but it's not very pleasant to work with. And so what we're seeing now in the Cardano ecosystem is some people Paying more attention to developer experience and making it nicer and easier to develop, but I don't really have too many complaints because I here for the Haskell, for the right. Nix, for this purely functional stuff.
3: Yeah, Alex. Well, yep. as I uh, said, I mean it's it's totally it's, it's totally legit, you know. It's the developer experience. <laughs> I guess until this day, it's not that that good. If I if I have to, you know, compare, say, back, back in 2017, when I was, you know, building smart contracts on Ethereum, it was so good, you know, to write something with solidity deployed in, in terms of, you know, doing the development in your local machine. So you could download this, some application called Ganache. Uh, it basically spins up, you know, a local Ethereum chain in a snap in your local system. And then you can just play with it. You know, it gives you your own network. It connects to the the wallet, and then you you can like deploy the solidity smart contracts to that chain, and connect the chain to MetaMask as well. As I said, and and then it's it's like a full circle. You can do everything in your local system, and then it, that's that's how it's going to work on on the main chain as well. If I have to compare something in Cardano, it's right now it's it's not possible to spin up a local network. A local Cardano network also is, is is near to impractical just because of how complex and how you know I mean the net the network is I mean it's 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 complex to spin something up, but it's it's improving. It's it's see I mean it's it was like you know there's this uh, there's this time where people are you know like you know let's uh, have when when staking when multi assets and all all these things are coming and then now we are at a time where we have smart contracts we have multi assets we have nfts and then now we are like developer experience so i i think it's it's like you know it, it's coming but also the large part of it is going to be by the community as far as i can now realize is because the companies that are building the cardano node are like you know just Getting focused on the the standards, the you know the specifications, and building the Cardano network. Where, whereas, like you know, then they would have little focus on building the toolings around. But the community is so powerful now. Like all the developers, as Alex men- mentioned, are coming together and building all this to make it easier and easier for people. But that that also comes like it won't happen in a snap, of course. Like and then it's 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 like more more the developers joins the ecosystem, more the brains the ecosystem gets. And then more the innovation happens in the ecosystem. So it's also naturally if we, you know, successful in attracting more developers to the ecosystem, we would see more and more, you know, improvements happening to the, yeah.
1: So I had this question, Cardano has like good tech, but building on it is not that easy at that moment, but tools are developing. Cardano does not have something like Alchemy that Ethereum has that makes development, like really easy. And Cardano like has this opportunity right now to onboard Indian developers who can develop solutions for the world, but mostly the solutions for the problems that Indian have, that's a substantial amount of population. So how can it happen right now to how can, so, so what do you think the right way to approach this problem of onboarding developers, like Indian developers of Cardano, because Cardano community is huge. It is uh, like the third biggest community, but the presence of Karana community in India is basically it's it's non-existent in some like, like ashes from India. My point was not to underestimate the you know the work of anyone, but the point is the activity of Karana community on ground was not that great so how can so what should what is the optimal approach to solve this problem?
2: So I was like, definitely.
3: what you, what you said, I mean, I can exactly relate to that. Wasn't that one of the, one of the reasons that actually, you know, made us explore building, building the Explorer for Cardano instead of like using some ready-made tools and database and just build the web app out of it. What we went ahead is to explore the spec and build the tech out of it. And what, what you said is exactly right, you know, and so you like. What, what we can do, it's it's what you said is exactly right, like, you know, at, an, at a higher level, you can target these IITs and all these big institutions, where you can actually have uh, these academic programs also. But at the lower levels, it, there's also a huge opportunity where, you know, we could go to these small colleges, which is in cities like Bangalore, Mumbai, Delhi where the tech talent is so so much and people are just always looking forward to you know finding out more learning more and doing you know side geeks and side learnings apart from their academics and it's it's actually a very huge part of the you know the student community it's like students when they complete their you know three years or two years of the college they just go out go out and explore you know maybe try finding internships it's just to learn you know, new things, explore new things and, you know, be more practical, where if given the opportunity, we could go and, you know, just tell them, you know, you can explore this, man, this is, this is what, you know, Cardano is. So that would also be, you know, a very good entry point for people, for students to come and explore. And isn't, isn't that, isn't that the, you know, the way we can have them explore the ecosystem, because you you can't just like, you know, just. Initially start with like, come, you know, do the development on Cardano. That's not, that's not how it's going to happen. I mean, they have to explore, they have to see themselves, you know, what Cardano is and what you can do with Cardano. And then it's just going to be their imaginations, what they want to build on Cardano.
2: I, I think w- one thing I'm curious what you think about this. I, I was just thinking back to that sunny thing again. The, the thing that I wanted to develop for a blockchain was some kind of like reputation system because, what my my perception of Indian culture was like it's all about reputation, right? Like if you if you're moving to a city, you know my uncle's sisters, cousins, you know aunties, like you 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 find these informal connections about like how to get an introduction to get a landlord or to you know get your job or or any of this stuff. And what what my perception was, I was really impressed with the efficiency of the informal networks of India, right? And I think that that plus the oddhar system which we we mentioned very briefly before the call like there's a lot of pros and cons about privacy and, and other kinds of issues with that system but like a private version of that which people had control of and could be linked to the adhar system to verify you are who you say you are solves a lot of problems in blockchains right like imagine a zero knowledge proof that says you are who you say you are, you, you are an individual, and that individual doesn't exist anywhere else. That solves the whole voting problem on Cardano, right? Like imagine if to vote, this doesn't work because Cardano exists outside of India. But if you were in India, you could build a one person equals one vote electronic voting system using an API call to the Aadhar system, Yes, right? That, that ensures that you don't have Ten wallets all voting on the same issue because there is an API in India that you can hit that you someone can get an SMS text to or whatever that says yes, I am an, this person that I'm claiming to be right And yes you would obviously you would want to you wouldn't put that information on the blockchain, but the eight what you would do in a zero knowledge proof is say this person has registered and verified that they are a unique yeah. individual. And now we can have one person equals one vote, right? So that's what I, the main thing I want to get out is there are a lot of rich Indians. There's a lot of tech in India in terms of connectivity, in terms of cellular, right? And there's also electronic identification systems that don't exist anywhere else in the world. The Aadhaar system is the world's largest biometric electronic identification system that that exists anywhere in the world. Maybe China might be more recent. They might be doing some scarier stuff, but I don't know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, very true what you said. I mean, there are always pros and cons of this other system. So that's what I was asking you last time. It's like, what do you think about it? Because other, you know, opens the opportunity for many of those people to get access to, you know, all these different services in the country very easily. But then there's also this part of the people who believe that, you know, they do not want to give away their biometrics, can, personal can you information. quickly for,
2: for the non-Indian people, can you explain what is the Adhar system?
3: yeah so other is as alexa it's it's world's largest biometric based identity system in india and what it allows you to do basically is you want to open a bank account you can just go and put your, put your fingerprints on a device and it verifies that it's ashish and then it gives you a bank account right away in two minutes done if you are sitting at home and and if you want to open a if you want to apply for, for a loan and then you just punch in your other number, you get an OTP on your mobile phone. You punch in your four-digit OTP and then you're verified. Done. This is Ashish. You know, I, you know, just go ahead with it. So it's, uh, it's an identity system and has multiple levels of identity verification. So for some sort of services, you would need to give your retina scan. For some services, you would give just your biometrics or like, sorry, fingerprints and maybe just OTP sometimes to get yourself verified. So, and how it happens is it was like if you want to get an Aadhaar you can go to like any public school or uh, there are like tons of Aadhaar registration centers facilities in the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, post, post office usually places. right exactly so so many offices even some government banks and like it's it's just easily accessible in in a nutshell so you just go and give your all the details and then you get a unique 12 digit number and you're done so yeah crazy, that's right? that's what ADAR is yeah the, the,
0: the, digital payments it's much, much way advanced than in, let's, I don't know, even what European country, or I could think of or Western country. So this is the level of this is on a crazy scale. And this opens so much the doors for the next step, you know, like digital payments merging into digital currencies kind of.
2: So what Adhar is, is to me is Atala is a Atala prism, right? This whole identity solution that is something on Cardano is such a core thing. I think. Aadhaar is a good case study for what can be done if a system like this exists, first point. Second point is it can be integrated into Atala as like, you know, an endpoint that says, yes, this person has verified in the system. And third, it shows like ideally you would have a system like Aadhaar that wasn't controlled by the government, right, that people could opt into and access basket of goods and services, but retain autonomy over themselves. But what shouldn't happen is Cardano shouldn't be blind to, um, the problems that the Aadhaar system solved. Like my, my, I think the first thing that it was used for was these LPG, the liquefied, what is it? The gas cylinders. L- L- cooking, liquefied guess, uh, cooking gas. Gas. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, there's a subsidy, right? For low yes. income people to get reduced price for propane is essential good right to yes. to heat cook and and heat your well, whatever kind of thing and so but the problem was like people would fake their their i don't know their card or something and they would get you know they would collect money with all the layers in between the subsidy giver and the individual and what the aadhaar yes. system did is it cut out all that kind of grift right because yes. the the payment would go directly from the government to the aadhaar holder Right, and so you cut out all these in between middlemen and and decrease the kind of level of corruption and friction in this. And so it's a really interesting system. I think it also, if I could just say quickly, that I think reputation is like the core innovation of most Web two companies. If you think about Airbnb, if you think about AliExpress or Alibaba, Uber, all these things are like walled gardens of reputation, where. You know, I if I make a new listing on Airbnb, you know, yes. I put it up cheaper for the first month or two to get some people to come through and leave reviews. And I, I love that about India, right? It's like, people are crafty, and they figure out how to make do and how to live without bitching and complaining about stupid things, right? Like, things are yep. tough, and, and you figure out how to make a go of it. And I think that is so much better than like, lazy Japanese Westerners, just like sitting back and complaining about things. Right. Yeah. Like, uh... yeah. even during Corona, even during Corona people, like they were using UPI and other
1: system to provide money to the bank accounts of people. Like Ashish would know it better than me. So yeah. how actually during the pandemic these systems were used very effectively to. Is that when Paytm
2: took off? Yeah, uh, no, Paytm actually
1: took, yeah. Paytm took off actually after the demonetization. That was one of the.
2: That's that, right. The part, that, that started, right? I don't yeah, know. No, like these this whole QR code payment thing. I think that kind yes. of started in India. Like it went to yes. Japan from India. The that's right via Paytm and Rakuten. Like we that, that's a good example of innovation starting in India and spreading to the rest of the world. Yeah.
3: So as I said, Jugard. so, (laughs) you know, you just, you you just invent something, you know, to make it easier for you. Actually, you know, the Paytm's uh, story dates back to 2013 when they started. You, you know, in India, actually, one of one of the things that you men- mentioned about access to the cellular is is very cheap. So it was a time where you know, if, if you want, actually, you know, if you own a mobile phone, you there was no monthly bill. Actually, you know, you whatever you you know use, you just have to pay that much. And it was like prepaid. So you know, you can like there's a system called recharge. So you put like you know a cent or two cents in your mobile phone, and then you use that much. Once you are out of it, you have to like put some more money in to use continue to use it. <laughs> If you don't, if you don't recharge, it's, it's fine. You, you can continue to receive calls. You can, you just cannot make calls. Pretty amazing, right? You don't have to pay to have a cellular connection. Actually, you can just always carry a phone with you on a side note, but the Paytm started to do those recharge, you know, easier. Now you have the system. Now you have to go to like a small shop to do recharges. And when Paytm came, they are like, you know, do one thing. You keep like, you know, you know, thousand, thousand rupees in, in, in this account. And whenever you give us a phone call and you just punch in like 50, we will do a recharge for 50 for you. As simple as that, that's, that's how Paytm started with doing just recharges and then they upgraded and they released more features for doing payments. And that was a breakthrough innovation where, you know, they, they started this, you know, just, just like 2017 sometime where now. It was Paytm was a completely new you know system it was like a payment infrastructure so you you go to shops and then you can do payments using QR codes
2: via Paytm i remember Stop. going to the local kiranas and and the like the corner store across from the apartment right and like they're yeah. selling Oh, I I missed the 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 potato chips, the Tikka Masala potato chips, uh-huh. the blue the blue lace bag is like the, the best flavor in there. But yeah, you could you, you It was so convenient, and you're right. It it started during demonetization, which is probably the other thing that we should talk about. Or another thing to talk about is like Indian people are used to fiat currency, just like becoming worthless overnight. And so the goal of this was to catch all the black money, right? Like yes. the the. The, the unreported earned income that was like kept in mattresses and everything like that across <laughs> the, the, the country. Sure. But what, what it is, and, and they issued new things. So you'd have to take your old bills by a certain date back to a bank and exchange them. And it was this big kind of thing, but like it, it, it kind of demonstrated the core idea that this paper money is worthless, that it, it is it, like most people haven't experienced a shock like that that money doesn't have any value unless people say it has value, yeah, right? Exactly. And so it, to me, it's like, you have all these things we talked about, propensity towards saving, government skepticism, distrust of fiat, you know, like desire to build your own kind of reality by by paying for it yourself that just make India so aligned with, with having like crypto as as a solution. And then you have... From our perspective on the outside of India, it's like, this is obviously a desirable market to figure out because the total addressable market of India is, is so large. And, and it's just like, there's a story, I think, I, I forget what it was, but for like the rising middle class of India, like the first time you buy, is it like a phone, a refrigerator, a car? There's like these like you checklists, mean, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Of like... The first time you buy this thing, right? That like this yeah. growing middle class is coming up, and like this is like the engine that's powering the growth of India. Is this like these this rising middle class that that's coming? And you can imagine, you know, yeah, Paytm is kind of winning now with these investment options, like buy gold through Paytm, right? Yes, where you can invest in like shares or micro grams, yes. like buy a few grams of gold that's in your Paytm account, right, kind of thing. But yeah, eventually. You know, one of these things might might have some issues, be insolvent. It makes sense that that people would look to have solutions which doesn't require trusting someone else. But may, maybe Flac Finance is a better solution. Yeah, or, yeah. Or I think th- this is with. the right time.
0: It's really interesting because, like I said, like this digitization of payments is so much advanced, and then of course you have the government kind of being sceptic about the next, like about crypto. So I was like really interested in this environment, how did you start building this intersection kind of, you know, this next level? Okay, we are really digitized in our payments. We are really used to that way more than other Western countries currently are. But okay, our government is like skeptic. They're making risk assessments towards crypto. So this is like a hard environment to build something. So I think this is the best way to proceed. You are like the intersection. It's not the heart. Truly DeFi a solution, no, it's a custodial solution, which bridges the gaps kind of, or, or it gives people what they are already using. So what they know already from their actual payment reality, but it goes one little step further. So how was it for you building flag finance in this environment and regulated yeah. environment currently? And how did you came up with it?
3: yeah let me let me just go back a bit and also give an example about the you know the digital payments that you mentioned so we just talked about pay ATM for payments right and the government soon comes to realization that you know it's, it's kind of becoming a monopoly because you could if you if you wanted to do like payments using mobile phone and qr code you had the option of using just paytm and it's just one company so the government comes together and creates a standard, an, an infrastructure that's called UPI, and that's yeah. what Alex must have used at the corner store because it's it's at that point of time the UPI was like one of the most widely used payment you know platform. And nowadays, which which works basically like um, so, you you need to have like a bank account, and then you attach the your mobile phone with your bank account. And, and, and that's pretty much about it. That's, that's all you need to, you need to do to get access to UPI. So if, if, if a corner store, like a T stall and and is is accepting payments then what you can do is just go and use your mobile phone, scan the QR code, put the amount, even one rupees, and then like put in your four digit pin code, six digit pin code. And then that's it. And you're like, you know, the payment is, is done. Like the one rupee gets transferred from your, from your phone, sorry, your bank via your phone to the shopkeeper and and that's that's actually magic yeah
2: it's it's really important to be aware of because like for cardano people who talk about you know transaction fees and this kind of stuff this is the benchmark in india like you can send one rupee for free everyone already has access so even like 0.17 ada transaction fee being cheap right like that's that you can't do, like, this is a, yeah. of, of course, it's a traditional centralized system, blah, 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 but we have to compete with and be better than that. Yeah. Um, exactly. And it's, 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 it's already embedded. It's already there. So, you know, what I'm saying is like, it's important for people to get exposure to these kinds of problems and situations, because it looks really uninformed to say, yeah, we're coming in to do micropayments. In India or Africa, or whatever. Of course, there's Hydra and, and other kinds of options going forward. But, but this is why either Cardano people who want to develop solutions for developing markets, you need to move there, or you need to recruit developers who live there. Yeah. Like, right? Like you're not going to be able to solve the problems of of for making solutions for the, these areas from you know your first world kind of country in your apartment right like you need to at least have some kind of exposure and understanding so will be working with people who do yeah so yeah. what what is the problem that
1: flack is solving <laughs> or like so how did you come up with flack
3: yeah 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 also so ju- let let me continue a bit so 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 this yeah. the UPI comes in and it's it's now world's largest you know payment processor actually and then now it's also Like, you know, finding its ways to, you know, even in remittances. So now Singapore, you know, is also integrating UPI to do remittance from Singapore to India, Mm -hmm. just using a phone number and it will just come right away. You know, and that's, that's, that's how things are, things are progressing. So, and, and then as, as I say, so that's now, now we are coming to, you know, using cryptocurrencies for payments. And as Alex said, it's, it's really not feasible to do payments using any currency right now where you you have to like, you know, pay like five cents or 10 cents for, for your daily purchases. That's, that's looking at the economical side of a side of, you know, using cryptocurrency for payments. But there's also the side of having, you know, accessibility in terms of, you know, user experience, you know, because large part of the population is, you know, they, they don't want to get into you know, figuring figuring out how to do a transaction and what is a transaction, what is an address, what is mnemonics and and stuff, right? What they want to do is just do transaction, just just you know use that money, and and that's that's where things become you know very difficult. So one of those points that made us think about you know building some sort of a payment system, and then another thing is before I go ahead, I also want to just chime in a bit about the gold that Alex mentioned about on Paytm, this is also like a very beautiful thing. So, what you can do is you can like buy gold worth five rupees, ten rupees, hundred rupees, and it's it's. So w- what happens is you are actually buying literal gold, but that's kept in the you know custody of Paytm. End of the day, mm. you know whenever you need your gold, they will just you know deliver it to your your home, and it's a regulated you know company, so you'll be assured that you know you are going to get that gold, and they can also sell it off just on Paytm itself now see the convenience you are are, you're you're actually you know buying gold you're investing in gold with all the convenience and without worrying about this you know not keeping your money in fiat for example right and india is a country where you know people are investing in gold jewelry a lot and it's you know it's it's like it's like the culture, you know, you should buy gold. You know, if, if there's a wedding, then you buy gold. One of those reasons yeah. behind that is because you end up buying gold. So after your marriage, if couple gets into, you know, any sort of financial issues, you al- always have that liquid asset that you can just sell it off and then, you know, get get yourself some help. So now coming to Flag Finance, what, what we want to do is make this payments easier using cryptocurrency. And for those people who cannot, you know, Do lots of technical stuff. So one time I like there was this this tweet from CZ where he's like, you know, ninety nine percent of the people are not yet ready for you know self custody, and it's it's true. But but I personally and everybody you know wants to you know drive towards having full self custody of their assets. And we are going there slowly and slowly and then you know things will get better and put just the experience going to get better for self-custody but until that time comes you know why not why not we just go ahead and build a custodial platform to move the decentralized money you know we are not introducing like like the fiat you know sort of a currency or fiat sort of a you know payment infrastructure what we are essentially building is a platform where you can use cryptocurrencies to do payments to your local stores, your friends everywhere. So it's still the decentralized currency, but the, but the platform is a centralized platform. The platform is a custodial platform just to move your, you know, your, your decentralized money that government cannot one day come and just, you know, demonetize it, (laughs) right. Mm. So, so how was it you know.
0: to work with institutions? Do you have to have like, any contact with regulation, re- regulators, institutions? Like, is there any integration necessary to, to make this work? Like currently, how does it work to yeah, yeah so, all those regulations?
3: Yeah, there's, there's so, so many, so many things to actually get it, get it really done via the regulations while we are in talk, but there's nothing concrete in terms of, you know, how the integration would work. But so far, what we have heard from the, you know, like the, the legal team and the people that we are in touch with. Is is that, you know, in India, cryptocurrency is considered as a digital asset. So actually, Mm. two years ago, India, the RBI, the central bank, you know, put like a blanket ban on cryptocurrencies. Like, you know, no banks should be, you know, dealing with the customers who deal with cryptocurrencies. But that ban had to get lifted once, you know, the people filed a case against it in the Supreme Court. Like, you know, you, you can't do that. You know, it's, we would like to have access to this assets. It's a digital asset. It's not a currency. So in India, we don't, we don't call like cryptocurrencies as like currencies, but it's, it's a digital asset, just like, you know, you're, you're investing in a, in any, or any, any asset, like a property. You, you are allowed to buy it, hold it and sell it, but you are not allowed to use that as a payment just like stocks. So it's, it's, it's legally is possible to create such a platform. So what, you know, our ambition is that we build this platform where, you know, you can like do payments from one user to another user. And also you can do payments to like shops by integrating with the UPI system. So if, if the shopkeeper is accepting payments with UPI now, see the, these are one of, one of those things, right? You cannot just go to like the, this local tea vendor and then tell him like, you know, Okay, you create a, you know, a crypto wallet and then you put that, you know, like keep your seed phrase with you and create this QR code here. And then, you know, people will send you money and then you have to like open the app and see if your payment has been received or not, what not. So confirmations, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's not how we are going to, you know, adopt the mass people onto crypto, at least at this time. I'm talking about the current scenario while we thrive for self-custody again and again, but at least to start with. So now... What we can do with Flak Finance is, you know, the T vendor has to just keep the QR code of the UPI bank account itself. And what Flack can magically do is that if you are using like Flack mobile app and you have like your crypto assets in Flak Flack app, you just go and scan the UPI QR code. Flack will do, you know, the INR transfer to the T stall. So the T stall actually never knows like, you know how the payment came to his bank account basically he just received like his 10 rupees you know for his payment and the user actually did a transaction via the cryptocurrency so we can like do an instant loan on their digital assets so in a nutshell how it works is you know like if if you keep like say a thousand dollar worth of ADA on on flag you'll be eligible for say a 500 dollars of instant loan so, and then when you go for any purchases, you scan the QR code and then you insta- inst- instantly like put a, you know, $10 loan and then pro- process the payment to the T vendor. And now it's, it's like a full circle. So you are able to use your crypto assets. You are able to, you know, do your payments and the T vendor doesn't have to worry about receiving cryptocurrencies. He would just receive INR money in his bank account.
1: But being a custodial system, we have seen a lot of risks that comes with custodial system because like... When I looked at the, you know, services that are offered by FLAC, it involves like instant loans, yield and everything. So when it comes to custodial systems, when you have another competitor who pays maybe 1% more yield, and then it becomes a situation where, oh, how can I provide a better yield than the competitor? And then somehow it becomes a slippery slope where... You take like these, all these entities like Celsius and everyone took one step further to, you know, increase the yield, provide a better, like a return to the customers and somehow fell into this trap where, okay, they are taking too much risk to, you know, playing with the like customer fund and eventually went bankrupt. So in case of FLAC, what is, what are you doing different? Like you have seen this happening, like this whole thing happening in 2022. So what are you doing different? to make sure that this is not happening or how can the user know that yeah. flack is not like you know taking huge risk with their money for example yeah.
3: yes let me answer this yeah you know let's you know let's not let's let's just not try the slope itself and i would say you know why why do you want to be on the slope that it would get slopey instead of building a ponzi why don't you just build a platform that's actually has a real use case and people wants to use it not for the yield but for the use case So when Paytm launched in India, you know, you could deposit money on Paytm and then use that money to pay the, you know, all these different stores as we just talked about, you know, Paytm did not advertise like, you know, you deposit money on Paytm and then we'll give you like a yield. Why, why do you want to get a yield? Because basically you are depositing money on Paytm for your use case. You know, you can use that money to, you know, do payments, you know, in an easier way. So instead of building products that you know sound more like Ponzi, you know you just you you just want to get like lots of user deposits on your on your platform so that you can do you know all all those all those kind of nasty stuff. Instead of doing that, why don't you just build a real use case that what we, what we are trying to do? So. If you want to use, you know, if you want to use your cryptocurrencies for payments, you know, you have just one option right now and that we are building in, in India. There's no other option. There's no other, you know, platform that does this that can allow you to do payments, you know. So if you want to do payments, you know, you can deposit your assets on, on Flack and then you can, you know, do payments. And that's a real use case. And that's what the yield is for you instead of giving you like, you know, some more yield on top of your assets. That would be our, you know, go-to approach to start with. But as 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 and when you know people start using the platform more and more and then naturally so you know people will also be you know like doing this instant loans for payments and they would be paying interest to us for all those you know sort of payments that they are doing and then naturally we would be able to give them the yield so it's 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 like you know we are not here to build a business of yield and borrow a sort of you know company so our target is to build a payment system and more 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 of the payment system we are also actually targeting to build a system which can you know can be integrated with banks so if for some po- at some point for example phone pay google pay these are like you know some of the very you know largely used payment upi apps in india if they want to give this you know cryptocurrency based upi transactions to their users you know, they would just integrate with flag finance APIs, and they would be able to do that, do those payments. That would be a real business use case for us instead of, yeah, you know, doing this yield and, you know, interest and sort of a business. So our goal is not into, not to get into what Celsius does or what Nexo does about getting more and more deposits on the platform, give more yield. That's, that's not what our target is. So it's, it's like a different story altogether. Hmm. It's like you know Medoff, Have you heard of Medoff? the the great Ponzi scheme from? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know you you like promise some sort of a returns. So you know like Suraj, can you give me 15 grands? You know I'll give you 15 percent, and then I would just you know take money from. From Alex, and I'll I'll give the yield to Suraj, and then I'll go to Laura and ask more money, and then give the yield to Monard, and then it just builds up, continues and continues, and at the end of end of the day, it's just all crashes together. But that's not the business, as I said, that's not the business. The business is making payments happen. That's what the Flex finances business is. So we don't ever have to get into, you know, you know, giving any bad loans or providing high yields to get customers.
2: It's an interesting thing. I think maybe the, what I'm understanding is when the business model is to attract large capital at rest, maybe that's not a great business model. Maybe Ashish's answer, as I understand it, is about promoting transaction volume and the velocity of money, as opposed to, you know, amassing this large amount of capital to do sketchy stuff with. And by doing that, I do agree, even though I'm reminded of the, the Kraken CEO was saying you know encouraging his users to get their funds off of his exchange because to an exchange an asset on their books is a liability like they have to you know give the customer back that amount of money and they're at risk of being hacked of doing something wrong right and so it's better for them for Kraken, that the money is moving around being traded but as soon as it stops being traded, it's better for them that the user withdraws their funds, right? And it, there's this kind of idea of velocity or turns of capital, something like that, that I think maybe is a good filter for look for custodial solutions that are built around velocity rather than creating large amounts of capital at rest. And th- and maybe then that will tell you who's, who's in it for the right reasons, because as she's pointed out, most people aren't ready for self custody, and if we want adoption, we're going to have to look for intermediate solutions to for to do that.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So as as Alex said, you know that's that's to, that's that's exactly what what the you know the goal is. You know. So tomorrow, my my dad wants to you know he is always talking to me like you know what is this what is this Bitcoin? People don't know about it, and then we expect you know this you know this huge you know population to learn about mm-hmm. it.
2: I'm sure all of us have a family member that we manage the wallet of like my mom, she had all her crypto and Coinbase. You know, I told her to buy a ledger, but then I, I realized like for her, a ledger is actually not the solution. I tried to explain to her many times, like if you lose your seed phrase, the money is gone. Like you can't call up tech support of ledger and like restore your password, like it's gone. And so what we did is we we did a test, you know? We said, okay, here's a software wallet, put 500 ADA in it. If you still have the seed phrase a year from now, we'll transfer, you know, all your ADA that I'm holding that's on Coinbase and all your crypto into your own Ledger hardware wallet if you don't have this seed phrase a year from now, let's try again. Right. Like, and and so like, we've been doing this for a while. Like, and she, she, I don't know, for some people they just don't understand, like they're always used to having a, you know, a tech support number that they can call to reset their password. And like you're going against their entire life's training that there's some other authority that can bail them out. And so, this is very like people don't understand it I think until they actually lose funds right but like mm-hmm. let's like if I come into crypto and then my wallet's gone because I I lost my seed phrase after a year like I'm like oh I'm not doing crypto again I learned my lesson right like of course they didn't actually learn but their impression is that crypto causes them to lose money in the same way like if I spent money minting some stupid animal jpeg and then the value of it goes to zero like, oh, I'm not doing crypto it's a scam yeah he, um, you said it, you
1: said it. Yep. So there's like these two problems, right? There's this problem of having like self-custody, but, and then losing it after losing the seed phrase or, you know, some situation like that, or depositing in some exchange like FTX and still losing it, all of it. So the question is like, is there something in the middle? It was like, is there like a platform where you can actually show on chain that they have still have the reserves? They are not playing with the money. So is this something like a flag uh, planning to do where well- prove that? Okay. Yeah.
3: I mean, there was, so right now I don't, don't have a, like a good idea of, you know, proving the reserves on chain instead of just like having like a trusted third party, you know, reviewing your, your accounts. But as I said, you know, those are, those are some of the things that we can do upfront is, is because we are not on the slope. As I said, you know, we are not into that gimmicky business where, you know, you would have to use customer funds for some stuff. So it's 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 not it's not a matter of uh, you know doing it or not doing it. It's just going to be available from day one. You would be able to you, you know, see the reserves of the Flack platform because we are not doing at all. We are we are just, you know, it's it's not it that's not the business at all. You know, as I said earlier, the payments, mm. you know, the movement of funds, that's what the business of FLAC is. So we'll be thriving for, you know, proof of reserves from day one. And and you can, you can do like, you know, so many things at the same time. So little because the cryptocurrency is, you know, like, you know, unregulated. So you you can't do so much. Like, for example, if you have money in in a bank account and if the bank, you know, if something goes wrong with the bank, you would still get your money. Somehow you will still get your money with the similar way. You know, if, if the crypto that you are, you know, putting your money in and if it gets hacked, then there's nobody to give you your money. Right. But that's a reported loss that's a risk that you take by putting so much money on this platform but for example and in 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 case of self-custody you know so much of crypto loss happens every day you know with self-custody wallets but it just goes unreported you know where would you go and report that you lost yourself you know or we would see that you lost your self custody wallets right so there's always like pros and cons so it's the best is to not keep so much on on this you know, like this custodial platforms like exchanges and, you know, as the, you know, Alex said about this uh, Kraken, you know, just put how much you want to use, just put how much you want to use for payments and then keep rest with self-custody. So that's, that's always there. That's always, you have to like, you know, like try to balance it out as much as possible.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) coming back to Flack again, so when is, so now you have testnet going on. How is it going and when are you expecting a mainnet launch? When can we actually use Flag? And as of now, the Flag token public sale is going on. So maybe you can just inform us about the current developments of Flag.
3: Yep. So actually before we, you know, we wanted to do a token sale, we wanted to prove, you know, and let users, ex- users experience the mobile app actually so the flag mobile app already features depositing ada flag tokens cardano native tokens and also doing transfers from one user to another user that's already functioning and you know you would be able to download the app from apple store and android store and just right away try and use those features on a testnet so it's it's already available for people to experience and then after that we launched the token sale which is currently going on so you can participate and help us and support us into building this platform.
2: I just, I, again, I I think people should give a, a look at what's happening in the world, what, where are we headed and where does the talent and growth come from in the next century, right? Like I, I don't look at the developing world as a charity case, right? As like, we're over here in the West and we're going to like help them by, you know, pulling them out of, of poverty thing. I I really think it's about how do how does a group of people like help themselves and how, how can you assist in that? Right? Like, and, and I, I see, I'm not saying if you, if you go to Africa or South America, you won't find similar kind of things, but there's, there's just like a scale of India that is different, right? Because, because of how large it is, because of how competitive it is. There's, it's not all roses and peaches and cream and everything like that, but it's there is just such potential there for for growth and for talent and ambition that I, I saw so much more kind of entrepreneurial spirit, you know, in in India than I did in the USA of people kind of building things themselves, wh- whether it's tech, whether it's you know mom and pop little stores in the corner or or tea salespeople, whatever. It doesn't matter like it's it's there's it's, if there's a theme of like self-custody for crypto i think indian mentality almost too much sometimes is about like self-custody right like i have to help myself because no one else is going to help me but right. and i i think that's kind of what crypto offers right is the ability to not have to rely on the bank and i'm sure any indian person has had horrible stories about dealing with icici which is a, a popular local bank or hdfc you know like they messed up your charges or something and then like your money is gone and how you're going to pay your rent and how you visit get the training like all this stuff is just so immediately apparent that i think there's a lot of potential for people to see the value of crypto and to take custody or to you know be on a path to take custody for themselves but I, I I really hope that uh, over the next you know year or two we can we can start to drive some powerful narratives for for what can be done with India and and I think a little bit Cardano is at risk like if we don't step up our game with regards to India it's very likely that the solutions for crypto that are relevant to developing economies will be built on other blockchains and so it, it's it's really not about what can Cardano do to help India? But it's like how does Cardano not lose the opportunity and be made irrelevant? Because India will figure out blockchains. I'm I'm positive, right? Cardano can either be part of that conversation or it can get left behind. And and uh, I wouldn't want, you know, being a, the big ADA bag holder that I am, I don't want ADA to get left behind by India. So that's yeah, my opinion.
3: that's a strong statement. <laughs>
2: and that's that's yep. true
3: as well. Yeah.
1: That's what we also think in a sense that like now there is some focus on the African nations and it's legit focus. I think the idea behind that is the, you know, it is like a domino effect. One regime somehow adapts blockchain technology and the rest of the nation fall for it. Here you have another opportunity where you have one regulatory regime. If that becomes crypto friendly, then this huge market is open for business and it's still open for business. And as you said, the developers are the... customer onboarding or like community onboarding people, if you empower them, they will figure out what solutions will work and they know what solutions will work in India. And that itself drives the growth of development activity in Cardano and uh, India can be can be a part maybe this if India figures out blockchain, Cardano can be a part of it.
2: Yeah, this is all right. I think like five to 10% of the people I talk to on Twitter are Indians. But what, what's, what, as an outsider to that community, right? Like, I think it's a very fragmented thing, right? Like, you have a strong, I think like Latin American community on Twitter. You kind of have like the Germans and the Americans. I think, I think part of it is like the Indian diaspora, right? There's so many people in the Silicon Valley. There's so many people in Europe. There's some, and it's, it's very fragmented. And, and I don't think the Indian, people living overseas realize like how many of them there are, right? Like I, could, I I think a lot of the people that I interact with in DMS and stuff like that is there's probably some selection bias there because I enjoy Indian culture and I'm, I'm married to an Indian kind of thing. But I, I think there is, there is a lot of potential and there, like human capital is the most valuable resource you have, right? Like more, more than ADA, more than dollars, more than equity. Like if you have good people, you will produce good outcomes and i see a lot of high quality people with with difficult challenging and interesting life experiences and i'm positive that they can contribute to good outcomes if 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 they kind of figure out a way of working together in a you know in a in a good way to to drive some of that growth (laughs) yeah i think we touch up on everything and yeah it was a great talk